Welcome to the Big Bomb, crimes that explode like gasoline, propane, propane, and ammonium nitrate combined. My name is Sam Martin, and I am joined with legal professional Pacatillo. This week, we fall back to April 19, 1993. Take a look at the terror in Oklahoma. Take it away, Pat. Thank you, Sam. This crime was committed out of anger and motivated by, re by revenge. Before this event even occurred, the United States had only seen terror similar to the bombing of Pearl Harbor. So who could have possibly be the cause of such an awful crime? Two former United States soldiers, Timothy, Timothy McVeigh and Terry Nichols. Yes, former soldiers who swore to protect their country were the cause of such awful acts. McVeigh and Nichols met in the Army, and they found they had many similarities and became great friends. Both their lives were filled with misfortune. They both had divorced parents growing up, both were divorced themselves, and both college dropouts. But most importantly, they both, they both had suspicion of the United States government. This suspicion arose when Bill Clinton became president and was a strong supporter of gun control, a view strongly opposed by both McVeigh and Nichols. They were also both part of a radical religious sect, and when the 1992 Ruby Ridge shooting occurred in Idaho, where 75 of McVeigh's associates were killed, this was the ultimate cause of motivation for the bombing. So moving on to the forensic evidence, uh, this case was one of many in which the FBI left no stone unturned. Despite the evidence being abundantly clear and pointing right towards Mr. McVeigh and his partner, the Bureau had conducted more than 28,000 interviews, followed some 43,000 investigative leads, amassed three and a half tons of evidence, and reviewed nearly a billion pieces of information. You heard that right, it's a billion. The rear axle of the Ryder truck was located on April 20th, a day after the bombing, somewhere in the rubble. The FBI was able to identify a vehicle identification number which traced back to a body shop in Junction City, Kansas. From there, shop workers were asked to describe someone who had, who had picked up the rider truck vehicle um, to sketch artists, who then took that information and showed it around town, asking if anyone may know a name. They finally got their answer at a hotel in Junction City, where the name Timothy McVeigh had first surfaced as a person of interest. In a further investigation, uh, they took a look at McVeigh's clothing, and found traces of chemicals used to make the explosive, explosives, as well as a sticky note that read TNT at five a stick, need more. From here, it was pretty clear that McVeigh was behind the atrocious act. So, in the court proceedings, after there was no doubt of McVeigh and McVeigh's and Nichols' guilt, the question became, what was a suitable punishment for such a crime? Death was certain for McVeigh, who had the largest involvement in the case and was the most at fault. He was unanimous, unanimously convicted on 15 counts of murder to death by lethal injection. For Nichols, however, who drove the getaway car, the punishment was not as easy to decide upon. He had, cons he had conspired with McVeigh, however, he did not physically carry out the bombing, but he aided McVeigh in escaping. Ultimately, the jury convicted Nichols of conspiracy to use a weapon of mass destruction and eight counts of involuntary manslaughter for killing federal law enforcement personnel. He was sentenced to life of imprisonment without the possibility of parole. So, at the end of the day, looking at both the legal evidence and the forensic evidence, it's incredibly difficult to say whether or not justice was served. On one hand, McVeigh did meet his fate at the hand of an IV and a plunger containing potassium chloride, the lethal injection process. On the other, he brought the lives of 168 other people with him. Uh, as this attack was the largest on U.S. soil at the time, many were in fear of what might come from this. Maybe it might inspire other people to take the same action, or if the perpetrator wasn't caught, that the perpetrator would then commit more crimes similar to this. Um, 
to put someone as such as Timothy McVeigh to death and give his co-conspirator 161 consecutive life sentences would allow people to feel a sense of security, at least from incidents like this. Uh, in this case, it can be argued that justice was served, but with a heavier cost. Hi, Sam. Even though McVeigh was put to death and Nichols served life imprisonment, there is no suitable punishment for the 161 lives lost and 680 injured. What should the 30 orphan children be told as to where their parents were? or the 219 single parents of children, or even perhaps the 462 left homeless and 7,000 left jobless. Yes, we can severely punish the perpetrators of such an act, but justice can never truly be served. It seems there's always two sides to the story. Uh, thank you very much for joining me tonight, Patrick. This has been a pleasure. Uh, uh, next time on The Big Bomb, you can catch us talking about Pearl Harbor. Have a great evening.